0: This episode is brought to you by The Island by Adrian McKinty, the international best-selling author of The Chain. So how far would you really go to protect your family? What would you really be capable of if your family was threatened? This mother and father are about to find out. Propulsive, terrifying and blade sharp. The Island is the next thrilling adventure from the mastermind behind the award-winning global sensation The Chain and a family story unlike any you've ever read. The Island will be released in Australia on the 24th of May, so pre-order today. I read this book in two days. It's compelling, page-turning, and character-driven, and it's definitely one of my favourite reads this year, but be warned, once you start this book, you will not be able to put it down. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V.
1: From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing.
0: The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month.
1: I love coming on your show. I love talking about it. Oh, my God, I finally get to speak about it, talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host.
0: We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm uh,
1: feeling
2: sick. I, I... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears wherever you are. Tonight, I'm super excited to welcome a dynamic duo, better than Batman and Robin, cooler than Scooby and Shaggy. It is Nat Amor and Mike Barry. Welcome once again to the pod, but never together, Nat and Mike.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Formerly individually, now as a couple.
1: Well, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Danny. And I guess in the Scooby Shaggy setup, I'm not quite sure which one I am. But, uh,
0: uh, well, Nat's obviously yes. Shaggy. Okay. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see, I would have said that as well, but I just wanted to see what you thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I you, jo. Pretty obvious. I'll just be scrappy. That's the little Scooby you're oh, right? so, so
2: scrappy.
0: Cute. Scrappy. I'm so, so scrappy. Cute. I hear that a lot. You're so scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> now Nat Amor is the author of Secrets of a Schoolyard Millionaire: The Power of Positive Pranking and the Right Way to Rock. Mike Barry is author illustrator of the graphic novel Action Tank, but today we talk about the amazing success we run tomorrow. How's it feel? How's it feel, guys? Nat, start with you
2: um uh, it feels like i'm in the big middle of a giant cyclone that's whipping around me at great speeds um but i'm enjoying it a lot much more than dorothy did when she got like turned upside down in her house um it's great it's been awesome there's still so much in front of us but there's like part of it behind us so we're really right in the middle of it we have um our melbourne launch coming up we've just done the sydney launch Um, We're prepping for the Sydney Writers Festival. So it's like on for young and old. But, um, yeah, it'll be good to kind of get on the other side of it, look back and go, oh, wow, that was cool. But right now it's like in the thick of it.
0: (laughs) In the thick of it. Well, it looks like you're having fun. Whenever I see you at bookshops, I'm just sitting at home with huge FOMO. So it looks like you're having a great time. Well, I must admit
2: it's really lovely to be able to do it with someone else this time around too. Mm. I think Mike and I have been having a lot of fun together
0: how does it feel for you mike big book launches epic bookshop drop-ins
1: oh yeah it feels amazing um normally when i walk into a bookshop uh, people want to check my bag to make sure i haven't <laughs> stolen anything so oh, this do you have is that like, look about uh, you do
0: you i think i don't think you look like a criminal but now i don't know <laughs> yeah. i'll get back to you
1: no, walking in with Nat just brings a whole uh, a whole load of credibility, so I really enjoy that.
0: <laughs> have you ever heard that before, Nat? Walking with you brings the other person credibility. Is that something new?
2: And by credibility it means heightened embarrassment. <laughs> it oh, works for me. That's the first thing,
0: you know, when hanging out with Nat, that's the first thing I think of. She gives me credibility for sure. Yeah. No,
2: I,
1: I, I do have to say, though, uh, you know, it's pretty awesome to um, – be part of I guess a promotion machine you know Um, it's not just like with most of my books it's um, I am the uh, creator but I'm also the publisher the marketer the uh, if anything's going to happen it's either me or my wife making it happen Um, whereas in this case it's like oh wow someone's organized us to do this or oh Nat's, uh, Nat's been working hard to do this. You know, it's sort of, uh, it's great to be able to feel like I'm part of a team. I think it's really nice.
0: So is Nat the publicity machine or? Uh,
1: well, (laughs) Penguin has a, a little role to play. Um, that's our publisher obviously, but, um, yeah, Nat, um, Nat's done this before very well, obviously. And, um, you know, she and I, I think have similar, uh, what marketing instincts, I suppose. So, um, you know I, I really trust her uh creative sensibility and her um you know strategic approach to things and i think she feels the same about me so um we can kind of double our efforts and um yeah have a lot of fun like going to the bookstores you know i think we did two days in a row the other day um and the first day was pretty you know we got all these little videos of ourselves and you know signing books and but by the second day we're like okay now nat how about you uh I'll video you, and you go and replace the entire bestseller list with our book. <laughs> so,
0: I saw so that read... one; I liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah, or like other things like that. Um, you know, where we just uh, took full advantage of it being a quiet day in a bookstore and made the staff do our bidding and things like that. So um, <laughs> it was it was really fun, actually.
0: And
2: for me, it's really good because Mike is really charming. So usually, when people tell me to go away, and I refuse to do things, he flashes them his charming Mike smile and all of a sudden they're like, oh yes, whatever we can do for you, Mr. Barry. Oh. And i like, sweet. So it's, you know, it's a use and abuse relationship. It works really well. I like it. I like it. Well, I want to know how this
0: collaboration came about. I mean, I know you were friends beforehand, but, but how did it happen? Tell me now. Uh,
2: well, so Mike and I met on the CBCA Maurice Saxby Creative Development Program down in Melbourne. Um, difficult to say, but fun to do. Uh, And we were on it with, I think there was, was there five of us or six of us, Mike?
1: Yep, five of us, yep.
2: Five of us. Um, And Mike and I um, got along very, very well. And he obviously is very passionate about graphic novels. And we started talking about them. And I sort of hadn't um, really been into comics for a while since I was a kid. I loved them as a kid, but sort of moved away. And he kind of reignited some kind of um, spark slash passion for them in me that I've forgotten I had. Um, And so he had a big influence on this book actually having graphic novel segments because I was, um, I don't think I'd started writing this book, but I was certainly chewing on it in my brain, which is how I write books. I chew on ideas for a long time before I put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Um, And then, yeah, like it was kind of a lot happened in between. And by the time it came around to this book actually becoming a reality, We now had a four-year friendship under our belt. Um, We live, like, suburbs next to each other, and Mike has just created this amazing work with Action Tank and was starting to be recognized with like a stupid amount of awards in one year, um, which really helped with me going, hey, don't you think he'd be great? And Penguin going, you know what? He would be great. (laughs) 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 Look at all those badges he has on his book. We'll We'll have him. Um, So yeah, it was sort of very, I, I keep using this word, but kind of very serendipitous that he ended up being the one to work on it. I actually don't think there could have been anybody else that wouldn't have it wouldn't have been what it is without him sorry
0: i'm having some technical difficulties which are really my children who have just woken up <laughs> i could
2: see i could see your technical difficulties
1: <laughs> They're the cutest technical difficulties i've ever seen I've
2: it was like but, that, you know, that YouTube video with the, like, yeah. <laughs> the politician that was trying to like do a talk.
0: Cutest, but also the noisiest. Uh, <laughs> and that you said something about a lot of your time is thinking, a lot of your writing time, I guess, is thinking about a book. Tell me about this.
2: Yeah, no, I, I um, generally chew on an idea for a really long time. And then when I actually get around to writing it, that process, I guess, comparatively to some people, maybe is quite fast. Um, and I just sort of start at the beginning and write till I get to the end. But I can't really start until I've really like mulled over it in my brain for quite a long time. Um, yeah, it's just kind of the way I work. Mm-hmm. It's
0: interesting. What about you, Mike? What's your process?
1: Uh, I'm a bit like Nat too. Um, I wish that I was faster at producing work. Um, but Yeah, I I think I I really roll it around in my head for a long time. And um, I guess I'm talking about writing, really, Um, you know, sort of I kind of need to have a good ending in mind. I've got to have like a reason for the story to exist, you know, so I think about it a lot too. And then um, but unlike that, once I get going, I'm still not very fast. (laughs) um, But I think, uh, you know, in terms of artwork, which, you know, on this book, My role was primarily um, visual storytelling, I guess. Um, Although I did find on my phone today, funnily enough, um, a text chain from, (laughs) I think it might have been 2019 or something when Nat was like trying to work out the names for the screensaver superheroes. And and we were just going back and forth and playing around with it. Like it's, so yeah, like she said, it's kind of um, awesome that um, I feel like I've been connected to this work since it was just in her head, you know? Mm,
0: That's really Um, cool.
1: But, yeah, in terms of the artwork, I think, um, you know, often I'm writing my own stuff and then drawing it, so I, I sometimes wonder if uh, I'm writing to suit my own, like, oh, maybe I won't have 40,000 ninjas coming over the hill for the next page, maybe. <laughs>
0: Too much hassle drawing them.
1: <laughs> yeah, someone's got to draw that and it's me. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a bit different when, um, you know, in this case Nat kind of... Um, that kind of gave me like the intent of each of the comic scenes because this is, in case you're not sure, this is a, a novel, but it has um, sections within it of graphic novel, right? So, so it's like a real a hybrid,
0: isn't it? Like a hybrid genre.
1: Yeah, like kind of a mashup up of... Um, graphic
0: novel, novel.
1: Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> you know, but, but it's, I mean, the more I worked on it, the more I loved it as a concept, right, because... Um, although I was basically making these mini four-page stories, right? So they're little four-page segments that are the comic book that the kids in the, in the book are obsessed with, right? So, but although I was making these little four-page stories, they have, like, they just, they mean so much more because of how they sit within the broader narrative, you know? So they don't really live on their own and they're not really meant to. They actually, and so I was sort of making them like they lived on their own, but then remembering where they sat within the story and it kind of just I just loved the whole concept so much and Mm um yeah and hopefully hopefully that translates to the readers too yeah I I
0: loved the hybrid um sort of genre graphic novel novel I don't know what we're calling it but I loved how you've got You know the broken up parts of graphic novel, and I was a massive fan of comics when I was a kid. Look, I loved them. So to see them coming back in graphic novel form, like it brings me right back to my childhood. Yeah. And I
2: had no, I had no hesitation in saying to Mike, I don't want forty thousand ninjas. I want sixty thousand ninjas coming. (laughs) I want a hundred
0: thousand ninjas, and I want them all to have separate faces and expressions. And the weird thing is
1: that I would probably go, okay, like. Well, like she'd have a good reason, you know, like I trust <laughs> that she would. No, she would. And like, you know, so I was getting, you know, um, I would do a first draft of these. You know, I would actually thumbnail them. So draw them fairly quickly, um, but, you know, not as quickly as if I was just drawing it for myself because I had to show it to, you know, the publisher, the editor. I had to show it to Nat and I had to make sense. And basically I had to sell that this is going to be good. So, <laughs> I
0: promise this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So
1: the, the thumbnailing, you know, they would then look at that and um you know give me their thoughts on you know where i'd place the dialogue or you know a couple of times i mean that really yeah that really helped me to feel like um i kind of co-own this book with her you know that was something that i really appreciated early on um i didn't just feel like i was her um her illustrator if you know <laughs> what i mean which um yeah i mean actually yeah it was amazing because then i felt like um, some like some of the sections were really well scripted and perfectly like, you know, planned. Some were a little looser, and so I had more autonomy there to, you know, um, come up with how we might approach it. And I think uh, I really felt from um, from Penguin and from Nat uh, an appreciation for what I was bringing to the work.
2: You are appreciated. You're much <laughs> loved, Mike. Oh, oh, this no, is no. just Thank such turned into such a sweet podcast. <laughs> I know, but usually you have me on with Taking... people like Adrian Beck, who I don't really like very much. But this time you got me on with Mike, who I couldn't love more. So taken an up.
0: unexpected turn. Where's Adrian? I'm going to call Adrian, and get him on, <laughs> shake, things Adrian, <laughs> shake things up a bit, shake things up a bit. Now look, ten minutes in, haven't even gotten to an elevator pitch because I just wanted to ask lots of questions about where it came from. So, Nat, give us an elevator pitch.
2: Oh, why me, <laughs> Mike?
0: <laughs> as I my co- try if you want. creator, I'll try. You I'll throw the ball to you, Mike.
1: All right, let me try. Okay, uh, so this is this book is called We Run Tomorrow. I'm not sure if we have even said that yet. So let's start there. <laughs> We run tomorrow, and uh, it's the story of four kids who are uh, obsessed with a comic book series, which is called The Screensavers. Savers. And um, these four kids, you know, they, they love the comic. They sort of use it to... They've got their own YouTube channel where they act out certain issues of the comic, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but they each, you know, as the story unfolds, it, it becomes pretty obvious that each of them has a very real reason to want to run away from home or to need to escape home, actually, is kind of um, how I would think about it. And they join forces and decide, oh, no, wait, of course. They realise the screensaver's movie is about to be made and the auditions are being held on the Gold Coast. So they get together, they run away and they go to audition for the movie because if they get those parts, then they can stick together forever. And they'll never get torn apart, which is what they're afraid of.
0: Nat, was that good enough for you? Were you happy with that elevator pitch? That was brilliant.
2: <laughs> it must uh, have yeah. been a long elevator ride. It must have been a building with about eighty floors. But it other was. than that, it was <laughs>
0: it's fine. Uh, yeah, sorry. A, a ninja lives on each one. A, <laughs> a thousand <laughs> ninjas lives on each floor.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, Nat, it looks like a very different book to your other three, but when you read it, although it's a slight departure, it still feels like a Nat Amor book. So, what did it feel like, sort of moving away? But still making it feel like a a you book.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I did it consciously. I don't know that I do anything in my writing career consciously (laughs) or in life. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a bit of a a fluke. Um, But no, I did feel that this one felt skewed slightly, maybe slightly older, um, slightly heavier. Had felt just not not in a way like I don't want anybody to think that it's like a dark depressing book or whatever but it just feels like the stakes are a little higher um but I mean I, I can't imagine I'd ever write a book that doesn't feel like me um I when I write a book I feel like I'm, I'm putting a a drip from my arm into the book and just like you know, Bleeding that all over my stories in in whatever. <laughs> wow, but it's not dark be. or depressing at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing. Like I, I like my books, and and I and I don't know that I set out to do this. Like you know, all of <laughs> all of my career, um, but I think that my books are, are fun and funny and adventurous. But they always have just this kind of just a little bit of weight to what's going on in the stories. Um, this one may be a bit more so, but um, it's still you know, I hope, still very funny and packed full of action and adventure and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're right, it is a departure, but at the same time it should feel like home to the kids that, you know, started reading Millionaire when they were eight and are now, I don't know, 11 or whatever. I feel like this is just going to be the perfect book for them to be that little bit older and enjoy. Could
1: uh, Could I interject here and say I don't think it's a departure. I think it's like a level up me like I was, <laughs> Level well seriously no I mean I've read all of Nat's books like you know with uh with my kids and um sometimes just to myself <laughs> um you know and um I yeah I think they've all felt like her but reading this one and for me it was a bit different this time I got to read this as like a unformatted pdf right before I even got started mm, and yeah um oh yeah almost from the first well actually from the first page I was like I, I could just feel there's something like massively true about this book like it's just so full of true if you know what I mean and I'm not saying her other books aren't but this something about this was like um, it just uh, hit me harder I guess from the very beginning and I was like oh wow I was so and I felt like it was very personal for me somehow maybe because I was going to work on it but also just um, you know the the characters so well formed so quickly and the dynamics and the stakes like really feel like uh, and, I, you know, this is the thing with Nat's books, they're, they're often funny, but, like, they're never flippant, you know mm. what I mean? And this this was, like, yeah, I think even further in that direction, you know? And I was, like, oh, man. And as soon as I started, I was, like,
0: I love that I'm going to work on this, I can't believe really <laughs> it. You know,
1: because um, I imagined another scenario where I was reading it going, ah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't imagine it for long, but I just, you know, there is always that possibility. Um, but it's, yeah, certainly wasn't the case here. So um, I don't know. How do you feel about that take, Nat?
2: I think you should keep talking and I should talk less. Because <laughs> you make me sound way better than I do.
0: <laughs>
1: I yeah, love that's, that. yeah, that's just your natural humility. But I think... Um, you know, you're always uh, talking yourself down and, um, <laughs> you know, letting compliments like bounce off to other people. But I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, I already knew Nat really well, um, like really well. We text all the time, we're really good friends, but I think um, working on this, um, you know, it's it was really special from the very beginning. And I think, um, you know, some of my best friends are people I've worked on creative projects with. You know, there's just something about when you both um, express yourself that way and pour yourself into something and it comes out good (laughs) you know like I you know I just couldn't be happier with the result for this book and I think um you know that's why it's so fun to tell people about it to hear when people are ordering it because it's like man you are going to love this like it is so good (laughs) and also when you know because it's not all my own book I can say that (laughs) I can say it is so good
0: of the day that you should always still promote your book even if it's just you because you know how collaborative a book is you know someone does the design someone does the editing someone does the all the different components so when you are sort of promoting your book you're actually promoting all the people many many people behind it so maybe that'll make us all feel better i don't know yeah, that's
2: a good <laughs> it does feel a bit weird though like even though like we know that it it does sometimes yeah because your name's on the front but i do agree with mike it's it's much well, it is our book. It's not my book. It's definitely our book um, because he was, so. I like, like he was saying before, even back when I was just having ideas about it because he was my go-to graphic novel expert. So I was like, what should I read? What should I look at? I'm looking for a character that's like this. What's a graphic novel with someone like that in it? What's a graphic novel that has kids? What's a real-life one? What's a superhero one? And he was just like back and forth, back and forth. So he has been connected to it for that mm-hmm. long. So... The fact that it's our book makes so much sense. It shouldn't be any other way.
0: And what should we be reading, Mike?
1: Oh, how long have you got, Danny? Oh,
0: 10 (laughs) seconds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? Someone else asked me this, and I think um, I just have read so many. I read them all the time, you know, and I've like... um, But I think everyone's taste is going to be different. And, you know, if you want um, graphic novels for kids, that's one thing. If you want them for... um, you know for yourself that's another you know so one that,
0: one that sticks in your head or the most recent one
1: well it's not the most recent but i think um everyone alive should probably read um the dark knight returns mm-hmm. by frank miller
0: i love it. everyone don't... alive
1: Yes, Everyone Alive should everyone read it. It's, has
0: no genre, it has no age, no target market, just Everyone Alive. I like and it. And
2: all dead people could, don't have to.
0: <laughs> I think that should be the blurb of the book. Everyone Alive should read We Run Tomorrow. <laughs> well, yes, blob. that's true.
1: That's Well, that, that goes without saying, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, just quickly on Dark Knight Returns. So that's Frank Miller who made Sin City and a bunch uh-huh. of other ones. Yep. But this was back when he was just like a random nobody kind of. And in 1986, he just turned up at um DC, who published Batman, and he goes, I got this idea for Batman. And it was um Batman, but like kind of 40 years in the future when he's like old and crusty and like he's given up crime fighting and you know, but the whole city's gone to seed and like he just has to, you know, step
0: up, put the yeah, suit and on. He's just
1: like so old and so sore, and you know, but he's just so resourceful. And it just, and that one book. I'm not joking. That one book completely transformed comics the world over. So wow. That's what um, I wanted
0: to hear. That's yeah. what I wanted in my life.
2: Everyone alive, so, I guess I'll go. have and to get for, it. Really, I've got, really got pictures
1: funny. like that for every book I've ever read. So, like, yeah, that's what I meant by how I'm going to that. I don't there.
2: know if I've ever told you this, Mike, but in Year 12 Literature we got given a, a project to take, to write, a con, like, a convincing essay about why a book that wasn't on the Year 12 Literature list and never would be, should be, and I did Dark Knight Returns. Oh. Whoa. So even then,
1: even then, Nat, you totally got it.
2: <laughs> even before I got it, I got it. Exactly. <laughs> even before you gave it to me, I got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard about the love and the beautiful collaboration and the friendship, but I do want some dirt, Mike. What's the, what's the difficult thing about collaborating?
1: Uh... Well, the difficult thing about collaborating in general is that I'm a massive control freak. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I've had a lot of collaborations in my life now. You know, I'm getting up there age-wise. I, you know, worked in advertising for 15 years. Now, the thing about working in advertising is you're collaborating on something you don't care about. So <laughs> when you're working on something you do care about, it's even Brilliant.
0: worse. <laughs> Brilliant.
1: But, uh, again, I'm going to have to say, you know, I... Um, Nat, Nat made a huge effort, huge effort at the beginning to make sure that um, I guess I felt like I could bring everything I've got to this and, you know, including my opinions or my take on things or whatever. And um, so, I mean, yeah, this was just to me there, there is no dirt on this collaboration. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> Boring it. but true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's true. <laughs> Where's Adrian? I'm calling him. <laughs> Now, what's the flavour of a Nat and Mike book? What defines, wait for it, I've combined your names. You know what I've combined your names to, and you might already have one, but this is your one that I've given you. What defines a Barrymore book?
2: <gasps> Barrymore. <laughs> I was going to say, because it was either going to be Matt, which doesn't really work, or Nike, which I think is taken. Oh, I think that's um... <laughs> taken.
0: I was going for my, my Nat, and that didn't really work, and then I was nice. going for Natike, that didn't work, and I went, wait, it's the Barrymore collaboration. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, 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 he drew i wrote he drew barrymore <laughs> <It's>
0: getting worse <laughs> so what, Wait, what's defi- the question? <laughs> what defines a barrymore
2: book um i th- i think what defines it uh for me anyway i don't know i think it's probably my take on it or the inside take might be different from the the exterior observer take. But for me, I see it as a complete blend of our creativity and our passion and our... I can see our friendship in it. Like, (laughs) it's so weird. It's like... I can see it too, really. I can. Yeah. It's really like if you... Yeah, it's not. It's actually like what Mike was saying before. It's not like I wrote it and he drew the pictures. Um, I can see even in the novel parts, Mike's influence because he's be he was there the whole time. So I know there's things in there that I discussed with him. Um, even like you know there'll be like one liners from the kids because obviously they're big um, comic fans. So they'll reference superheroes in like their conversation you know like if if one of them's you know climbing he'll be like you know finding it hard to climb i'll be like i'm not spider-man you know like so they're obviously throwing these references around and i don't know enough of these superheroes <laughs> so i was always like hey mike what's a superhero that does this or can do this you know like so mike was your google he was 100 my my siri he was but instead my siri. of instead of just googling or asking siri <laughs> Like, yeah. I was like, it was like, "Hey, Mike," instead of "Hey, Siri." It
0: was <laughs> not hey, <my> phone. Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike.
2: What's up here? Um, so yeah, like even in the the sort of like novel part, I can see him in there, and then, like he said, when I wrote the graphic novel parts, I I wrote them wanting to leave lots of space for Mike to fill. Um, So the good thing about Mike being a control freak is that I'm not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Personal collaboration. (laughs) Yeah, and especially in something that I know, A, I've got someone I trust so much to do it and, B, I know how talented they are. I was able to leave all this space for him to fill with all his knowledge and skill and talent. And so every part of the book that I look at, it's – it's all us. It's all a real like milkshake blend of us and that. Well, what
0: flavour is the milkshake, Nat?
2: Oh, um, it'd be real something really weird. Like I'd be bubblegum and he'd be I don't know something. Probably you're probably boring, right? You're probably like a chocolate or vanilla guy, are you, Matt? Mike.
1: <laughs> um, sure.
2: Cookies and cream, <laughs> I reckon. Oh, what's your favourite? What's your favourite ice cream flavour? That I don't know about you. No.
1: I think you I think you bought me a pistachio one the other day. Ooh. That was pretty good.
2: Ah, see, pistachio? I would have thought you were I imagined like with ice cream flavor you'd be quite um I don't know, like
1: I love the classics. I do. See classic. that's classics.
2: The mm. word not boring, that's what's going for <laughs> Classic. That's a much better way to yeah, describe it. Yes, Delete from boring for classic. <laughs> um Pistachio yeah, bubblegum flavour. Bubble gum and pistachio, that sounds gross, actually. We should have <laughs> stuck with Bubble gum and vanilla—that would have worked better. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's sort of when I look at the book, that's what I see.
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I sort of see it as, uh, yeah, I do feel like there's a lot of me. There's obviously heaps of that running through this book, um, and there's, yeah, there's definitely, like she said, a sense that both of us are in there, kind of at the same time, which is pretty awesome. But I, w- I also look at it as like, it's this is not a book I would have made myself, mm. you know, like, and so that for that I'm really grateful because it's like. Um, you know, being able to have a whole book out there that you're part of is like not a small thing, you know, mm-hmm. and to be able to kind of join and I guess to me it felt like I was finishing the book off, right? Like most of the work had been done in Nat's head and then she'd done all the, um, you know, all the manuscript obviously and then, you know, the first thing we actually did was um, design the superheroes and then flow into designing the cover um and you know the cover we did a lot of work on the cover like we had virtually i don't know it was almost well to me it was almost three complete versions of which we chose one right Mm -hmm. so even that process was like you know we were feeling out what is this book like what do we want people to um, expect from it and feel when they're reading it and all of that stuff you know so um yeah just you know, working together on this, and it it still feels like us at the end. I think it's just, yeah, it's so cool.
0: Mm, I love that. So, friends now collaborators. So, Nat, what is one thing you learned, good or bad, about Mike throughout this process?
2: That he's a control freak. No, you, just you didn't know that before. <laughs> I knew that already. No, um, <laughs> no, I know he says he's a control freak, but I think he's a. I think he was a control freak when it was his own book. I found him to be very collaborative and not controlling at all and really open to um it's really hard i think as someone who is not and i can't draw to save myself and who's not really like um trained or even very experienced in that kind of visual space you know illustrating space um, it can be a bit nerve-wracking to give feedback um especially when you can't quite articulate you know oh, I want it to be more, you're like, ah, it just feels a bit, you know, when you're using all these words that are really like, I don't know, they just don't sound right and they're not communicating it well enough. Um, But he was so open to all of that and so keen to understand what I was trying to say (laughs) in my, like, feedback or discussion or whatever. Um, But what did I learn about Mike that I didn't, oh, it's hard though because we already knew each other so well. In a working way, oh, I don't know. Because I, I already knew, I think I already knew so much about the way he works. I don't know that anything was a big surprise. What I, oh, you know what, actually, I've learned that he is um, very open to my ridiculousness when it comes to like all the stuff since the book came out. So all of the, <laughs> When we're doing the book tours and the book launches and stuff, he's such a kind of, even though maybe normally that kind of stupidity that I take part into might not be his go-to, he's so open to be a part of that and kind of jump on board and, um, yeah, really find the the fun and the joy and the silliness in everything that we're doing. Um, which is really fun. It's really, uh, it's cool because I could feel like it's okay when you're on your own, but if you're with someone else and they're all like mature and grown up and you're trying to be like, "Ah," and they're just looking at you like you're an idiot, that could be uncomfortable. But um, Mike seems to just roll with it.
1: So go ahead. Can I just just reframe that a bit? I I mean, I don't think you're... Nothing about you is stupid at all. Like the stupidity, that's the wrong word. I think it's energy. You know, it is just energy. energy. And, you know, and I have to admit, like Nat's right. I'm not normally quite as, um, well, no. Okay. To be honest, normally I'm used to being one of the largest sources of energy in a room. Right. And um, I really noticed it at the book launch on Saturday that I'm like, wow, I just um, Nat is way bigger. (laughs) 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 But um, in a really, awesome way like it, it actually um in some ways gave me a new role to play I think in a situation like that you know where um I'm kind of a bit like I am in the book I think I'm supporting her idea you know and I'm supporting her and like um you know I love being able, I just love being able to do that I think it's um you know she well because you're probably going to ask me Danny what did I learn about Nat is that right yeah go I'm for right it roll into that
0: <laughs> roll <laughs> into that you kind of were
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I just got uh, like even more appreciation for her talent, I think. You know, like it was, her talent so obvious. It's not just her ability to write the book, but to get out there and get people to read it, to engage with the audience directly, you know, school visits and like building her own profile in a way that kids feel so attached to her, all of that, you know. Um, I already loved, but I think being part of a book now is like, Um, And just seeing all the aspects of her that fire creatively, sometimes at the same time, you know, and what that means for people and why they connect with her and with her books like just, yeah, it's like just so good to be attached to that, you know.
0: Mm, Love it. Well, I love the collaboration I love your story, friends and collaborators and you've created this beautiful book, which is a hybrid of graphic novel and novel, which is, you know, the graphic novels people can't get enough of at the moment. So amazing book. Cannot wait till your book launch in Melbourne. I'm looking forward to it very much to see the uh, extravaganza that I know is ahead of me. So congratulations on the new book. And I can't wait to, uh, to join in the fun on Saturday. So thank you so much, Nat and Mike
2: Barrymore. (laughs) Thanks for having us, Danny.
1: Thanks, Danny.